about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Take your Bibles, go to John chapter 5. I want to give you a little spiritual insight about some things that are happening and going on right now. How many of the spirit world, it's, it's good to be in tune to the spirit world. If you start living by what you can see and feel, you're going to end up in a mess before it's over with. But God, God is speaking, and he's speaking loud right now if you want to hear him. Amen. He's talking to us through the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And we've got to listen and adjust and adapt to what he wants to do. How many of you know that? Yes. All right, John chapter 5. Jesus is speaking in verse 24. He says, Verily, verily, or surely, surely, I say unto you that he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. How many of you have heard the word? How many of you believed on him that sent you? Then notice the results of that. You now have everlasting life. Everlasting life is basically the nature of God on the inside of you that's in there. You're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, and your nature has been completely changed. The old nature removed, the new nature there. Now notice what it says. It says he has everlasting life, but he is past. Say, is past. Say, is past. So notice, the day you got born again, came into the kingdom of God, you're not the same person you were. You now is past. In other words, you passed out of being a victim into a victor. You passed out of being a loser into a winner. You passed out of being a nobody to somebody now, praise God. All these things took place immediately. Say immediately. immediately. Now in the church, because that we were born into sin and basically born as sinners, it's hard for our mind to realize what he did for us and who he actually made us the day we got born again. So we're constantly fighting with our old, I'm a failure, I can't do anything, uh, it just doesn't work out. You're here to preach that you're a sinner, that you're, you're bitter, you're all these things. As long as sin continues to be overly preached in your life compared to who you are, you're never going to walk into things that God walks, wants you to walk into. Do you understand? You've got to believe then. You know, I heard somebody preaching the other day about Samson. And oh, we're like him and Delilah. Delilah kept pestering, 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 and he wouldn't change. Well, I believe we're like Samson. Also, I believe you can take a jawbone of a dead ass and kill a thousand devils. So it depends what you're looking at here. You can look at the negative or you can look at the positive. You can look at the sin side or you can look at the who you are sign. But notice, whatever you're looking at now, you're not passing. You is passed. Most people in the church are trying to pass. We're trying to pass out of who we were into who we are, but you don't have to do that because we've already is passed. You have passed out of death. You're now in life. You've passed out of sickness. You are now healed. You've passed out of sinner. You are now a saint. And the problem in the church is there's no difference between sinner and saint. What's the difference? Well, we carry a Bible. We go to church on Sunday. We dress up. We look good. We say hallelujah. When we meet a brother, we say brother. We shake hands. But there's got to be a bigger difference than that if you went from death to life. There's got to be a separation of who we used to be from who we are now. When you run into somebody who's not entered the kingdom of God, there should be a big difference between who you are and who they are. And I'm just not talking about how you act or what you do, which is important. I'm talking about there needs to be power in the church, and there needs to be power right now. Yeah. 
And that power isn't going to come. It's going to come from pastors, teachers, but it's going to come from the people who have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We hear this stuff preach and we say, hallelujah, glory to God. Then we leave and we don't think anything of it. No, you're responsible. And I'm going to use that word because it makes people mad. You're responsible to do what God has told you to do. We see right now over there in Israel, and I mean, you know, Israel for quite a long time now is basically and always has been a type and shadow of the church. In the Old Testament, they were supposed to be God's people. They were supposed to obey God. They were supposed to be priests and kings. Now, how many times, a lot of times they failed, didn't they? Well, now the church is a prototype of that. How many, how many know the church has failed quite a few times in that also? So look what happened. Basically, they, they've always been over there. Their enemies always been un, attacking them. They've always been hitting them. They've always been trying to drop bombs on them, and they have the dome to keep those bombs out. In the church, we get born again. We've got the shield of faith. Every fiery dart that the devil has, we knocked out and everything else. But there's going to come a time when we're going to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. When we're going to get tired of losing every battle or holding on in every battle and trying to make every battle. And at point now has hit Israel because they're not going to sit there with their little dome anymore. They are going to go in attack mode. Amen. I said they're going to go in attack mode. And the church is in a place right now where we've had it. We're going into attack mode. We're not going to sit back anymore and claim who we think we are, who we are. We're going to find out who God says we are, and we're going to start acting like we say we are. We are different. You is passed from death to life, praise God. You're different than that sinner boy over here who lives next to you. You've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of you. They've got the devil on the inside of them. You've got the name of Jesus above every other name. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, he gave us that name, praise God, that we could use. He said, whatever you ask, Whatever you ask, in my name I'll do it. Well, I love that scripture. It's one of my favorite ones. It's in John's gospel, in red. Never used it, never understood what it meant, never used the power, never spoke to the devil in Jesus' name, never spoke to a tree in Jesus' name. Notice Jesus spoke to a tree. How many of you know it died? You know why? Because it wasn't bearing any fruit. Whatever's not bearing fruit in your life, you can kill it. If you just use the name of Jesus and speak to it, or you can go along claiming to have something and not using what belongs to us. But it belongs to us. The name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. What does the name of Jesus do? It gives us his place in the earth since he's no longer here. What am I doing? I'm doing that in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I'm doing that in the name of Jesus. Do you, do you want to pray for me for healing? No, I want to heal you in the name of Jesus. Like that one, didn't you? Yeah, oh, I'll pray for you, and I pray for him. I think, well, probably nothing happened anyway, but I did a good job. I prayed for them, but he never asked us to pray for people. He had told us to heal people. He told us to cast the devil out of people, not try to cast the devil out of people, and we've got to come to a place in our own minds. The only thing that keeps us from doing it is this sin and guilt mentality and this unworthy mentality that we got that we don't think God's going to hear us and God's going to do it and God's going to, because I'm just not worthy of it. You will never be worthy of it in your own efforts. You can't run bingo enough. No, it's all by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, brought in right standing with him. You is passed from death unto life, praise God. And the power of God resides on the inside of you today. And it's been there. If you got born again 30 years ago, you had that power right then. It's not after coming to TCVC for 40 years. It's not after praying for 25 years. You were made that person. You were created. And this stuff really doesn't even need faith to believe because it belongs to you. Uh, Heather got up this morning and said all the promises are... And we all say that, don't we? But then we pray for the promises. They're either yes or amen or not. I can tell you right now, I don't need any faith. I got mints in my pocket. 
You know why? Because I get mints in my pocket. I don't have to believe, oh, I hope there's mints in there today. I put them in there. <laughs> but the church, oh, I just need power, Lord. I want power. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. I know that. Oh, excuse me. Let me. I'm thinking right now. I'm meditating. Yeah. He says, if the Holy Ghost came upon you, you have power. You have power in your life like I have mints in my pocket. The only problem is I'm using mine. And you ought to be happy about that. See, but, but we, want, we, want, we want something. We want this from God and that from God. Not understanding that the day that you were born of the kingdom of God. So as long as you meditate on how bad you're doing, as long as you meditate on your works, your efforts, what's going on in your life, you're never going to ascend to a place where you have the power like Peter to walk up with the man at the crippled gate and said, rise up and walk in Jesus' name. And how many of you know he did? He didn't say, try to rise up and walk. If you feel like it, rise up and walk. Try your best to rise up in your walk. No, he, got, he had a revelation of righteousness, didn't he? He said, you rise up and you walk. And how many know the power of God hit that guy? He jumped up and he started walking and leaping and praising God. So, so sitting back's not in anymore. I'll tell you, when he attacked my family and attacked Cash, that was, that was a turning point for me. I said, that's it. You want to play rough? We'll play rough. You want to do something, we'll do something. For me and my house, I don't care about anybody else. We're going to serve the Lord. I'm sorry. I made my quality decision already. There's no turning back now, praise God. And you can tell the church what they need. Hallelujah. You can tell them what they need to do. Hallelujah. You can tell them what they should have. Hallelujah. But you tell them what they are, people get mad. I never got in trouble until I preached who you people were. I put it out in front. See, someday... Someday you're going to have the power. Someday you're going to have peace. It's just right out here. Come back next Sunday and we'll talk about peace for 19 weeks and see if you can get it. No, you've got peace this morning. You have the peace that passes understanding. You're just not using it. It's in your pocket and you won't put it in the mint in your mouth and use it, praise God. See, it already belongs to us. We've got things, I'm telling you right now. We've got all the weapons that we need to go in this world and to deliver people and set people free. And there's people out there that need freedom right now. They don't need you to just mumble the prayer over them. They don't need you to just shake their hand. You need to get them saved, delivered, and healed, praise God. But you'll never do that with an unrighteous mindset. Jesus talked to his father. He said, Father, I know you always hear me. You know, that almost sounds like blasphemy. Can you imagine you saying that? Father, you well, Father, I hope you sometimes, if you're not too busy, because that's our mindset. See, it's never been changed. We're still in unrighteousness mindset, even though we are the righteousness of God, say of God. Notice, it's not even your righteousness, it's his, God's righteousness. It's not mine. I have the same righteousness that Jesus has. I got the same place before the Father that Jesus has today. And I'm here in the earth supposed to be doing what? Jesus came to destroy the works of the... Then he left and he says, as Father has sent me, I. So we come to church and we have our Bibles and we brother and sister and we hallelujah and we don't try to speak healing into one person, don't try to cast out one devil. We're just, now we're not sinning anymore and that's all I'm afraid of. Get your mind off you and your own efforts. You've got to get your mind off sin and your own efforts. You're never going to operate in the power of God. It's never going to work for you. It comes from, somebody said, you need boldness. If you had a righteous attitude, you don't need any boldness. The righteous, the Bible says, are bold as a lion. So the, un, the unrighteous are what? Meek as a little sheepy. Please come out in Jesus' name. Pretty please with sugar. See, but notice that's because of our mindset. I'm not making fun. I'm saying we've got to raise ourselves up to understand what the Word of God tells us. When the Holy Ghost came upon me, I received power. 
Well, I don't like you saying that. I don't care. Because that's what the word says. It has given me power, praise God. Now, I want to use what I got. I just don't want to tell people I got it and never use it or do anything. No, I'm going to use the power that I got on the inside of me. How much does it take to say be healed? Be free. Last week, Colleen was here, came waddling up. I don't know what was the matter with her. She just walked on one leg. And when I was laying hands on her, it just came up in my spirit. Say, came up in my spirit. Just tell her to be healed. I said, be healed. She went down on the floor. Two minutes later, she's up running around the building, jumping up and down. Why is that? Because we've got power for this kind of stuff. This is not a one-man show or a display of how great thy art. This is to show you guys and demonstrate that you can do the same thing and probably even more than I'm doing right now if you just ascend into a righteous mindset and understand these things. Here's Jesus. Greater works you shall do. Everybody knows that scripture, but nobody's doing greater works. Well, I can't do that. That's Jesus. Yeah, well, that's Jesus, but this is you with Jesus in you. See? He said, what you're going to do is the same thing I'm doing. I'm destroying the works of the devil. I'm going to go to my father. He's going to give you the spirit of God, and you're going to do the same stuff that I was doing, a continuation. Say a continuation. Continuation. Now, I guarantee you Jesus was a great preacher. He was a great teacher. He probably drew some people there for his gospel that he was preaching, but most people were drawn by the power he demonstrated and the deliverance he demonstrated in people's lives. Whole cities came to the door because there was help for them someplace. So what happens to a church that raises up? Oh, my gosh. Ooh. What happens to a church that grows up to that kind of mentality, that kind of righteousness of who I am, that I heal the sick, that I cast out devils, that I do, and people out there with terminal diseases find out, hey, there's a little church in Fort Pierce, Florida, where people are gone and they're actually getting delivered or not. But, but we just can't believe God. God says, you have power. I, I'd like to have power. No, you have power. I'm trying to have power. You have power. Well, if I pray a little more, I'll have power. We keep wanting to earn this power and get this power when it's a freebie. It's by grace. Grace is a free gift. It was grace to you on the cross. It was provided for you. It belongs to you. It's yours today. You have power. And I know we can't see it, and we can't feel it. Sometimes we can, can't we? But we always can't feel it, so you're just going to have to believe you do. Let me tell you, if you went to the doctor tomorrow morning, and he looked at you and said, you got a tumor on the inside of you, we did an x-ray, you'd go home and tell everybody you knew. You wouldn't bat an eye. Hey, guess what? I got a tumor. Who said? The doctor. I got a tumor. Did you see it? No. Did you have any pain? No. Do you feel it? No. How do you know? He told me so. Well, God told you so. That you have power. That you have glory. That you can cast out the devil. That you can heal sickness and disease. That we should go on the attack in the church right now. I know we got enough sermons to improve your conduct and improve your attitude and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, a revelation through the righteousness only comes through the word of God and a revelation of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and what it provided. You can cover people in the blood, but the blood did something. You can throw a whole container in blood on them. I mean, that's fine. But I'll tell you what, the blood changes things. The blood will wash your mind from that old sin consciousness, that evil conscience, that I'm no good, I'm so weak, I can't do anything, it's terrible. And we see these ministers out there doing all these things, you know, casting out devils and moving in the power of God. The same Holy Ghost is in you today. We want to separate people and say, look how good they are and look how great they are and watch this TV show and watch that. Whatever you see them doing, you should see yourself. See, that's me. Whenever I see Jesus, that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, look what he did there. That's me. A leper came down. And see, when, when tragedies hit, there's going to be a group of people who have finally become righteous-minded, 
and they're going to separate from everybody else. It's going to be a small pocket, I'm sure. I mean, when COVID hit, you couldn't tell the church from the world. Couldn't tell the difference. Unless they pulled down their mask and yelled hallelujah. And I'm not knocking these things. You understand? Now, I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you, Jesus never wore a mask when he healed the guy with leprosy. And he didn't heal him from across the country. He walked over and the Bible says he touched him. God touched him. Why? Because he was righteous. He knew that sickness and disease had no right in his life and it wasn't going to get in there. He knew that he had power over every sickness and every disease. He knew he had power over every devil and demon. He knew when he prayed the Father heard him. He knew what the works he was doing and how he was doing them, praise God. And it was the power of God in the life. Glory to God. And the same thing's for us. Notice he didn't come to show us what he could do. And then he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And you can't have any because I just want to be the only one with it. No, he said, go ye. And we're not going ye. And if we are going, we're without ye. See, and this is the time. There's a swing. When you see something in the natural happen, you know something in the spiritual is happening. And there's a mindset being changed in the body of Christ right now to those that want to change it to find out who they really are. You do not have to perform to get the things of God. You just got to believe the things of God. And what you believe will drive your doubt and unbelief that's leaving you in bondage out of your life. Quit fighting your own bondages with you. My God, most of you got the biggest battle you ever got is you against you. And one of you is going to lose. So it all depends who's left, which you. And hopefully the right you is left, praise God. Because that's a mindset. That's the way we got. That's just Jesus. That's all he can do. That's what happened. He says, greater works shall you do. So what? I'm going to do greater works. Why? He said so. Well, you're just being prideful. No, I'm being scriptural. What the Bible says. I'm going to do greater works. So I'm starting to believe more and more. I'm going to do greater works. The Spirit of God's on the inside of me. I lay hands. I don't have to lay hands and pray for 45 minutes. You check out Jesus. He never prayed very long, did he? Get out, get up, come out, go. That's all there was to it. But there's one thing he did that we don't. There's one thing that we don't see right now a lot in the church is people preaching with authority. Just have faith, do your best. You'll have peace next year. Hold on. Everything's going to be good. When you die and go to heaven, you'll have everything you need. I agree. But I don't want to go to heaven today or tomorrow or for a while. So while I'm here, I want to be the devil's biggest nightmare. Now we've got Halloween going on where they're trying to scare the hell out of everybody. Praise God. I hope it works. Told her I was coming home the other day, and they said that 27 million people the first weekend went to see The Exorcist. I'm saying my job just got tougher. There's a lot more people out there. I'm going to have to help. Can you imagine that? My Lord, have mercy. So somebody's going to have to change that. Somebody's going to have to do something different. Somebody's going to have to do something. Jesus said, praise God, you've got to understand the power that I've given you, and that I am the head of the church, and I put all things under the church's feet. So the devil's under your feet, sickness is under your feet, all the things that have been attacking your life are underneath your feet. But you've got to find out who you are. And the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Praise God. I mean, if that's true, we should be doing something, shouldn't we? More than just going to church and doing things. So the righteousness of God mentality 
is something that we're all having done. The Word of God, the, the, the Word of God will erase that for you. It'll make you see who you are. It'll make you see what He provided. See, all we do in the church is we thank God for Jesus coming and dying, then we deny everything He paid for. Yes, it's Easter. Jesus is raised from the dead. Do we have power, Pastor? No, God has all the power. Are you righteous? I should say not. There's none righteous. No, not one. See? And then we deny what he did. Why even celebrate? I'm glad Jesus was raised from the dead. I'm glad he lives in victory. Hallelujah. I'm glad he's anointed. Praise God for Jesus. But what about, what about me? I'm one down here. He's up there to the right hand of the Father. I'm sure he's doing fine, but I'm down here. Yeah, all that stuff that he did, everything he did, as he did as a substitution for you. He became sin so you could become righteous. He became sick so you could be. He went to hell so you could go to. He died spiritually, said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? So that you could be born again as a brand new species of being that never existed before, praise God. And we've got to get that mentality. We've got to take on that identity. We've got to take that on because we're living in a time right now when there's a shift being made. Something's shifting. I don't know what it is for sure, but something is shifting. And, I, and it's not shifting because God's doing this or God's doing that. It's shifting because we're getting it. Amen. See, everybody wants revival. Revival needs to get in your brain first. And in your spirit is a revelation. And you'll walk in revival every single day. You can't walk around and heal and deliver people and bring them in the kingdom every day and not live in revival. But one thing you've got to do is forget about you. What about me? What about me? At first, when we had John and Lisa Bordemus, their funniest thing they ever did was, what about me? If they played a song where the drum, drummer didn't get to do much, he'd go, what about me? What about me? What about me? You start reading in the Bible, the Bible says you're complete in him. Well, if you're complete in him, then what are you lacking today? You're lacking nothing today. But we're so far in the natural that we're so worried about whether we got enough money for this and that and this and that. Get over it, praise God. You've got a job to do, and if you just do it, you won't ever have to worry about money again as long as you live. He says, if you just seek first my kingdom and his Whose righteousness? Yes. See, not mine. I sought mine for years. Went to church every Sunday, praise God. Why? Because I was going to hell if I didn't. I had to go to church. So I went to church. What I do during church? Daydream for about an hour. And God forbid if it went to an hour and five minutes. Because we're on time schedule here. See? That's what we were all brought up. So we've got this earning, this mentality. We've got to earn from God. We've got to do something from God. That's why you get rank sinners who get born again, walk in here and get healed right away because they haven't been religitized yet. And they just figure if God saved me, I didn't do anything. He'd probably heal me too. And they get healed. And you've been in the church for 40 years trying to get yours. And you can't get yours because we can't do it. We do not have the ability to do it. So grace, you have grace this morning. But grace does not give you a right to sin. Grace gives you the ability not to. So don't focus on sin. Don't focus on the negative. Don't focus on your faults. Don't focus on. Do something right and focus on that. Focus on the one people, person you prayed for and they actually got healed. Focus on one time you felt a goosebump. Focus on God things, good things. Don't let the devil bring to your mind things that didn't work. Well, I prayed for that and then he died. Yeah, you killed him, the devil will say. It was you. He'd have probably lived if you wouldn't have put your hand on him. No, that's not the way it is. And stop wondering why. Why is a killer to your faith, a killer to your righteousness, a killer to all? There's a story in the Bible about a guy who was born from birth blind. And watch what religion and normal people say. Was it the sins of his parents or his sin that made him blind? You don't have to figure it out. You just got to heal them. You just got to deliver them. You just got to set them free. Now notice, how could it possibly been by his sin when he wasn't even born 
You understand? How could he ascend? He was born blind. He didn't, he didn't get born, then two weeks later sin and get blind. He was born blind, so it couldn't have been him. So they go to the generational thing. Well, it's passed down from mommy and daddy, and that's the way he got it. But no, no, that wasn't it either. Jesus said, don't worry about it. I'm going to show you what this is for. It's for the glory of God. You run, into, you run into a case that's terminal, guess what that's for? It's just for the glory of God. What are we going to do? The same thing we do if they had a hangnail. How many know it's the same power? It's the same authority. It's the same thing we got. God doesn't, doesn't gauge by how big the natural report is. It's the power of God, for gosh sakes. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the... So they're not dead yet. Come on, we know we got more power than that, praise God, because they're still alive. And then if they die, you can still raise them up, praise God. There's people in the Bible who basically raise people up, Smith Wigglesworth, E.W. Kenyon, some of those guys, but I'll tell you what, each and one of them knew righteousness. They wrote books on righteousness. They preached righteousness. They studied righteousness. They knew who they were in God. You look in the Old Testament, there are people actually there who knew the righteousness of God better than we do. Look at Abraham. He goes to God and said, hey, God, let me tell you, I know you're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but let me tell you something here. What if there's 50 good people there? Then will you do it? Well, God says, no, not if there are 50 good people. Well, I don't really want to make you mad, but let's try for 40. He's bargaining with God. He's not even righteous, and he's bargaining with God. He has no place before God, but he's bargaining with God. Now, how many know he's getting results? Talked him all the way down to how many? Ten. How many know there wasn't 10 there? Should have went to five, shouldn't he? Yeah, but notice what he was doing. He was bargaining. We, we see prophets in the Old Testament that stopped the sun. Stopped the sun. And we think those are nice stories. But no, those are people who weren't born again, weren't full of the power of God, didn't have the name of Jesus, didn't have any of this stuff, but believed God enough, basically when they weren't even in the kingdom of God for things in the kingdom of God, See, the Bible says that you will, some people will press into the kingdom of God. There's people in that testament who weren't even in the kingdom who pressed in and got more than the church is getting now, and it belongs to us and never belonged to them to begin with. It's not even a press for us. It's just a simple, it's mine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every morning I get up, thank you, Father. Thank you for the anointing in my life today. Thank you for the ability in my life. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you that I heal the sick today. Thank you and praise you and glorify you. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you did for me. Thank you for the blood. Thank you that I don't have a sin consciousness anymore. Thank you. And if you do it long enough, you'll talk yourself into it. See? And that's why a lot of times when we're doing things that are spiritual or supernatural, in here, it, it, we think like we're lying. Let me give you an example. You get a symptom in your body. You just heard Sunday sermon. You know you're supposed to say, according to that pastor, that you're healed. So one of your Christian buddies call, and they say, how you doing? And you've got to say, healed. Thank God you're on the phone. They can't see your face. Healed. <laughs> but in here, you're thinking, what am I doing? That's the dumbest thing I ever thought of in my life. That's a lie. Why is that? Your mind has not been renewed to your righteousness that you have a legal right to live in divine health and sickness and disease has no right to be in your body whatsoever as a kingdom citizen. See? We won't believe God's report but believe the doctor's report. We won't believe God's report but believe the banker's report. We'll believe everything in the world that tells us what's going on, but we won't believe God, what he already wrote down for each and every one of us. He told you who you are, praise God. He told you the ability you got. He told you the power that you have. He told you all these things that we got, but you've got to start acting on them. And I'll tell you, they'll never become real to you until you do them. 
until you start to do them. You can want to try to do them. You can wait to try to do them. You can wait until you think you've got enough power to do it. But you've got enough power right now. You just got to start acting like it and releasing it. You run into somebody It's not that tough. How are you doing today? I don't feel very good. Oh, well, let me, let me help you with that. Okay, be healed in Jesus' name. How do you feel now? Well, I feel pretty good now. See, it should be more shocking when it doesn't happen than when it does. But when it does, that's when we get all excited, don't we? I prayed for somebody that got healed. I've been doing that for 40 years and nothing ever happened. Woo! Well, we come to a place and we're going to. There's people who are going to pursue righteousness, get in a relationship with him, and we're going to be shocked when something doesn't happen. Amen. You're going to pray for 10 people, and if one don't get healed, you're going to try to figure out, you know, what the heck's going on and get that person healed because you're going to expect it to work every single time. When I first started praying and really got no answers, the next thing I did is I still prayed, but how many know I didn't expect? Ever been there? But I prayed. So God said, oh, he prayed. He prayed in good unbelief this morning, but he prayed. But I didn't know that. I just thought you prayed. And, and if, you, if you picked on God enough and reminded him enough, and you know, like your mom or dad, you, you just keep pushing them until they finally say, okay. <laughs> so say, God, remember, this is what I want. That's what I said. Here's my grocery list right now. I've read it every day now for 4,000 years. Now just do something with it. And God, oh, my God, I've got to do something to get this guy off my back. But it doesn't work that way. It works by faith and the grace that Jesus has provided. How many of you got saved by grace? How many of you are still trying to get saved? Thank God, huh? You wouldn't even think about it. What do you, you know you can't do that? Well, all we got is by grace. Your healing is by grace. Your power is by grace. The name of Jesus works in your life by grace. It's all free things given to you that you don't have to try to get or try to earn or try to do anything for. The Bible says basically when you live in righteousness and faith, you will be rewarded. Now, how many know that's a tough scripture because we think of a reward as doing something to get the reward, don't we? But if you study the Bible, we didn't do something to get the reward of faith. He did something to get the reward of faith. Too bad the natural ain't like that, right? Somebody else does something, you get the reward? That'd be great, wouldn't it? Somebody else goes to work, you get the money? Sounds good, don't it? Oh, that's what Jesus did. It's too good to be true. I'd like a boss walked up to you and said, hey, you don't work here, but uh, here, there's two weeks' wages because somebody worked for you. You'd say, no, no. Well, some of you would say, is that all we get? Just two weeks? But notice it was free, isn't it? It was given to you free by someone else. Well, Jesus provided all this stuff for us, and I just think we ought to honor him. I think we ought to give glory to what he's done for each and every one of us. It's more than saying glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. It's understanding what he did for us. And the more you understand what he did for each and every one of us, the more you're going to be able to praise and worship him. I'm telling you what. Praise and worship will take on a whole different meaning to you when you know everything he's provided instead of trying to praise and worship to get something from him. Yep. I need a new car. Lord, there's one hand. Here comes the other. Check the parking lot. No, we don't do these things to get from God. We do these things because he provided them for us, freely given to each and every one of us. He's given us all things that pertains to godliness and natural world here, praise God. They belong to each and every one of us. So we're going to move into a place of righteousness. We're, we're going to study righteousness. I've been studying it now for four years. I'm going to continue to study it because every time I see something, once again, I think I got it and I see something else. And I see another area in my life where I'm still trying to earn something from God or manipulate. I know it's an ugly word, but we do it manipulate God into doing things in my life. And like I said, when we get to that place, we're going to go on the offensive. 
We're no longer going to stand back anymore and put up with what the devil's doing in my life, in my family's life, and, and anybody close to me. I'll tell you, he said, hitherto I have given you my name. Ask and receive that your joy may be. Well, my joy can only be full when my family's completely healed, when I'm completely healed, when the people I know are completely healed and delivered, when, when my neighbors who don't even know God are completely healed. That's when my joy is full. I'm not excited about anybody being sick down and out or bent or anything else. So what's that do? It gives us our joy, don't it? Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall, you shall receive. Praise God, it already belongs to us. But notice once again, you don't get it. You have to receive it. It already belongs to you. So you have power this morning just as much as you're a man and woman. You're a man because you are. You have power because you've got it. You have the name of Jesus because he's given it to each and every one of us, praise God. You have the power of attorney. I just love that analogy. A power of attorney, praise God. They don't even have to be in the same town as me and I can do something for them. Whatever they tell me to do, I can do because they gave me the power of attorney to do it with their jurisdiction. Jesus is the same way. Now you're going to have to know what Jesus would do in a situation, don't you? So what do we do? We, we study the life of Jesus. We see what he did. We see how he spoke. We see what he did. Praise God. And then we do the same things. But we do them with confidence and boldness. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace and receive grace. And all the promises are? Are they yes and amen? Are they yes and amen in your life? See, that's the key right there. Are they yes and amen? Because I'll tell you what, there's also something in the Bible called the trial of faith. And you want to start believing things that are in the Bible you're going to go to court to make sure you really believe what you thinketh you believe. So there's a trial of faith, isn't there? In other words, the devil ain't going to let you off that easy. He ain't going to let you spout your mouth off and say, I'm healed three times and not come at you and do something about it because he's afraid he's going to lose all his control and power over you, praise God. So maybe a symptom will hit your arm. Now what are you going to do? Now you got to go to court, don't you? There's a trial of your faith. So what do you need? Evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the so you got evidence, don't you? You don't want to go to court without evidence. So I'm going to take faith. What's faith? Faith says I'm healed. Faith says by his stripes I'm healed. Faith that it took my sicknesses, bore my diseases. Case closed, healed. So we need evidence too, don't we? This is not a mental thing. This is a spiritual thing. It's a renewing in the spirit of your mind. In other words, there's a spiritual part of your mind that basically can imagine things and see things that aren't even there, but they're there. Do you know what I'm talking about? In other words, you can see things out in front of you that's there. You can close your eyes and see yourself healing someone. You can see yourself casting out devils. You can see yourself walking in confidence and, and full of God. And, and we need to open the word up to other people. That's why it's important for you to get what I'm getting to you here so you can give it to somebody else. It's a pyramid scheme. It is, isn't it? Two people get the revelation, give it to two more, two more, give it to two more. That's the way the kingdom of God spreads, basically. But you've got to want the revelation. And in order to do that, you've got to want the word of God. I'm telling you, can never get over this because it's true. The word of God is what makes a difference in your life. You can pray all you want. You can dance all you want. You can sing all you want. But it's the word of God that changes your life. That's just what it is. It's the word. It's a seed planted on the inside of you that grows up and gets big and turns into a tree. And pretty soon the devils are hiding under your shade because they're afraid of you, praise God, because you've grown up in the things of God. Well, the seed of the kingdom will grow on the inside of you. This seed of righteousness will grow on the inside of you. You see in yourself. Just sit back and remember. I mean, you imagine things all the time, right? You see yourself. So sit down and see yourself healing the sick. 
See yourself casting out devils and it coming out. See yourself preaching and relaying the word of God to people. And the more that you do it in your imagination, the more in the natural realm it will be easy to do because once you see it in your imagination, it becomes more real to you than otherwise. So it's what we're doing. We're planting the word of God. What are we doing? We're seeing ourselves, who we are and what we can do. And we're going to grow up into a place to where we're going to go on, we're going, we're going on the attack. I'm going on the attack. I've been on the attack now for over a year, and I'm going to continue to go on the attack. But there's many people in the body of Christ that are going to go on the attack. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more people who just sit and go to church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They do their hour to hour and a half, get a little bit of word, find out that they need to change their ways, find out they need to keep drinking, smoking, cussing, and all that stuff. But what we're called to do is well beyond that. I mean, you quitting drinking is not really going to deliver and heal a lot of people, praise God. Just find out you're righteous and you'll quit. When you find out you're righteous and you're right line with God and you do things with God, like last week with the presence of God, it took me four days to walk out of it. So it was awful hard for me to run around and sin when God's right there on me. I couldn't lie. I couldn't cheat. couldn't do nothing. Praise God. Right there he was, right there. I was praying some of it stayed on you for two weeks, praise God. And then your husband would say, what's the matter with you? You love me? You think I'm good looking? Are you all right? What church are you going to? <laughs> I may need that church before this is over with. Yeah, because the presence of God is a wonderful thing, but it's a freebie every single day, praise God. Sometimes you feel it, sometimes you won't. It's good to feel it. But then again, when you don't feel it, how many know you got to believe? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what's going on over there right now? Israel's on the attack. Praise God. Glory to God. But the church also is going on the attack. Praise God. We're going after spiritual enemies. We're no longer playing the defense game. We're no longer running and hiding. But praise God, we're raising up into a place where we have the fire and the power of God on the inside of us. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Say thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you sister. Thank you. Say amen. amen. So I'm going to take my Bible now. <laughs> going back to my car. And I'm going to be a brother all week long. Yes? No? Yes? Oh, you were? Since, you know, he is the head of the house. Well, the way you said that, I don't think you really believe that. <laughs> shalom, shalom. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with, with Chavarim, friends, family, in Yeshua HaMashiach. Ooh, so much going on. Where do we start? Well, I'm going to start with Israel. Um, first, I would like to have a minute of, of silence and prayer for Israel, whatever is on your heart for Israel. Okay, a minute of silence. Thank you, Lord. You are so good. Thank you, Lord. 
as some of you know, um, Ted and I, we have friends in Israel. And we have two of our friends, a married couple who are from uh, Sunny Isles down in Miami. They have a condo in Ashdod, which has been, you know, bombarded. Um, but praise God, uh, Israel, after 1991, any new um, home, any new building had to be supplied with their own bomb shelter in their apartment or their house. And I don't know how they judge, you know, how much it can withstand, <laughs> but um, so our, these two friends, they've been in their um, bomb shelter quite a bit in Ashdod in their, their um, condo, and they've been reporting a little bit back and forth because I consulted with them. Thank God, you know, for, for the Internet, I'm telling you that you can be in touch with people on the other side of the world, and it's, it's awesome between Messenger and, um, and YouTube. It's been great. So I've been checking in with them, asking every couple of days, you know, how are you? What's going on? Are you okay? And, you know, unfortunately, they can't leave because the airport is closed. They're under bombardment. So any of our American citizens are stuck there. Um, we have friends in, um, in Jerusalem that um, were on a, uh, a, a tour from one of the um, organizations uh, here from America. And, you know, there, um, she's okay. Um, she happens to be an, um, um, she works with a stewardess, thank you. A stewardess for Delta. She's been a stewardess for 28 years. And she go, gets to go to Israel quite often. Um, but she's over there. And um, there was, I know, like stabbings in Jerusalem. And you know what's going on around the world, how all the, uh, due to Hamas making mention that um, all Muslims should um, unite uh, against Israel, you know, jihad all over the world, and here in America, too, they're, you know, inciting all kinds of, you know, anti-Israel protests. Um, so, um, just pray, just pray for them, just pray for our country. Um, also, um, as you know, there was a friend who came here and spoke, Chaim Mausman, who's the IDF soldier. Um, he's a master sergeant uh, in the IDF. And he has been reporting on um, on his on his website, uh, Return Ministries, and on um, ARC, um, uh, just telling what's going on. But he is such a light because he has Yeshua in him, and um, you know he's Jewish and he came to know the Lord. And his having him as a commander for his troop. that he gives them such um, encouragement and speaks of the Lord and speaks of, you know, uh, of Yeshua's God's protection. And um, he is just, there's no, there's no 
worry, there's no fear in his in his voice when he broadcasts from the battlefield. You know, they're sitting just sitting somewhere, and he's all you know garbed up, and he's just talking about, you know, just praising God and praising God. You know, and that's what it's about. It's not about putting your faith in, you know, the horses and chariots, which a lot of Israel like are putting their faith in their army, you know, in their weaponry, the Iron Dome. Yes, God has blessed Israel with the Iron Dome, the technology, but Israel has to come to know because it's majority of Israel, believe it or not, is secular. They don't, they're pagan. They're still living back in Babylonia with the old pagan worship. They don't, they don't go to a, a temple. You know, it's only the Haredi, the Hasidic that are praising God, praising God. You know, they're on the mountaintops of Golan. They're on wherever the battle is. There's the Haredi. They're singing. They're dancing because just as in in the Old Testament, just as in, um, you know, and uh, well, this one happens. This one happens to have been taken out of um, Second Chronicles 20, verse 20 to 22. Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, you know, and the word of God is true. And it's, you know, it's the same as yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's never going to change. And so Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. So we know whatever God, God has planned, which we know it, it's, uh, I mean, when I first came to know the Lord, for some reason, God had me right in, I was in Isaiah and Jeremiah right from the start. <laughs> and I was like right there. I lived in Israel for six months when I was like right out of high school. So I was familiar kind of with the land. But to, to see the word now, it's like we're living that. It's so, it's so out there. It's like if I'm, you know, you go to the store, you go into Walmart. Well, I'm going to here in the Golan Heights, and I'm going here. And it's like I know it. I know, I, I know how, how God is moving on Israel's behalf. And what I, and I know that they will come through. Unfortunately, God... God has to allow the enemy because you know of the book of the Old Testament, you know, the book of the prophets, you know, where Jeremiah and, and, um, and uh, Isaiah and all the, all the prophets, how in the different kingdoms, you know, God raises up kingdoms and he, and he and lets kingdoms fall because they're not obedient to his word. And all God wants is obedience, you know just wants obedience to him to follow him it's not so hard but Israel just keeps falling and you know comes a time when God says enough is enough I want you I want you to come to me I love you you're the apple of my eye and so hardship has to come upon Israel and hopefully their eyes will cry out to God and that they will be given visions in the night. That's what my prayer is to give all the Jews who don't know Yeshua 
dreams and visions of Yeshua tonight. Let them let them have such a restless sleep, and all they they get to hear is about Yeshua, Yeshua, and they wake up and they see Yeshua before their eyes. So through all this hardship, as it says, Psalm 108, verse 13, through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. This is, this is my, my, my hope, which I know, I mean my hope, but I know that it is in the word, so it is true, it is emet, it is the truth. And so what would I ask? What I ask for Chaim and his troop, his, uh, his, his men, they're going to be going into, his, part of his mission is to go into Gaza. They have to wait until it was really destroyed before he can go in because you never know, you know, Hamas, which means violence, in the word of God, it means, Hamas means violence. And they are so, it is, it is we know, a spiritual warfare. And we are now seeing firsthand what evil looks like and what was done in the massacre of um, um, Kibbutz uh, Berry and um, other locations around there, the other Kibbutzim. But that is pure Evil. It is so hard to look and to believe that because we are, we are loving. We are. We have Yeshua in us. You know, we we never seen anything like this, and hopefully we never will, because our, every every person needs to repent who doesn't know for the sins of the land. And that everybody will come to know Yeshua and our land, America, will live in peace. But the darkness that's going on, our prayers have been felt. I'm just letting you know from the reports that I hear from our friends that thank you for the prayers. That we feel your prayers. So please continue those prayers. Thank you so much. And uh, and as you say in, in Hebrew, um, Shavuot Tov, meaning have a good week, have a blessed week. Thank you. Thank you.